Hi, my name is Reggie Williams, and I'm one of the executive directors of Black Film Space. Black Film Space is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the careers of black filmmakers. We host workshops, panels, and other community building events that are designed to support black content creators. We also have a membership program that offers discounts to filmmaking resources, free events, a filmmaking database, grants, a mentorship program, and much more. In the next episode of the Black Film Space podcast, we interview Zenzi Williams. Zenzi is an actress and acting coach who obtained her MFA from the Yale School of Drama and her BA in theater from Temple University. We talk with Zenzi about preparing for auditions, what makes a good audition, remaining teachable, and much more. This episode was hosted by Sino Gibson, executive produced by Reggie Williams and Sino Gibson, and edited by Mike Wells. Hi, Zenzi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And thank you so much for joining us on the Black Film Space podcast. So you've worked on The Defenders, Daredevil, and The Black Panther. Not to assume Wakanda. We kind of know which one was your favorite set to work in. But uh, what made it the best for you? One of the things about The Black Panther that I liked the most about working on that film was being able to be around so many Black people, Black artists in one space, um, working towards the same story, you know, um, from the cast, the crew, the stunt men and women that worked on that film were incredible and are incredible people and artists. Shout out to stunt men and women everywhere because they work so incredibly hard. They were so welcoming and I learned so much by being there. I left that set ready to shave my head. And I actually did. Wow. Um, as soon as I left it, oh yeah, there were, I mean, as black women, we get attached to our hair, whether that's because we are attached to it or because other people associate us with our hair. Mm. And having seen so many beautiful women walking around with their heads completely shaved. I just was empowered and inspired by it. And so when I got home, I did shave my head and I felt absolutely beautiful. So if anything, that also was something that I gained from that process, being able to truly just stand in my beauty and in my glory as a Black woman without anything. So yeah. Wow, that is so beautiful. I can definitely vouch for you when it comes to uh, being more confident in your hairstyle because I also cut my hair, uh, not immediately after that, but after watching those and seeing those images more and seeing how beautiful we can be and we actually are, mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yes, let's go for it. Let's go for yeah. it. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. These are really big sets that you've worked on. How did you prepare yourself for these audition roles? Or like, what's your routine when it comes to your auditions? Every character, every audition is different. In order to prepare myself, I often, you know, will will look for my objective as the character, make sure that if there is a script, which sometimes on films that are kept secret and they're holding the script tight, they don't allow you the chance to read the entirety of the script, Mm -hmm. but to read what they've given me as much as possible so that I'm familiar with the text. And that's really where I start on every single character, making sure I'm familiar. And of course, um, memorizing so that I can play as much in the room as I can, of course, if it's a self-tape. I also do my best to memorize as well, because that will allow you to, again, play when behind the camera. 
that's usually how how I prepare. And then I just kind of, once I know my objective and what my character wants and needs, I go for that as hard as I can. I got you. And you have this amazing Zen taping space. Mm. And we're going to tap into that. Uh, but I want to know quickly, would you say natural light or having actual lighting is the best solution for self-tapes? It all depends on what is available to you. I do love to use natural light. In particular, for darker skin, it can be a wonderful thing. However, if, you know, say you're working late and that's the time that you can tape is, you know, after you work, then lighting, of course, really good lighting is the best. I always, I use box lights, which is, you know, two lights on either side, but some people really love the ring light. It all depends on what is going to showcase you the best. Mm -hmm. So I would say it really just depends on the situation. Natural light is always a go if you have the opportunity to use it. (laughs) But if if not, you should go with lights. I always say to have them just in case, because you just never know. You just never know. Yeah. Stay ready. Mm-hmm. You obviously saw a gap in this side of the industry in order to start Zan Taping Space. Mm-hmm. What was your vision when you started this? A place of ease and calm. I mm-hmm. I wanted a place where people could come in and know that they would be taken care of. I definitely grew to love self-taping. I did not always. Um, there were times when I really struggled with what equipment to use and it wasn't showcasing me in the best way. And I knew my work was, was good, but I knew that equipment mattered and that would enhance my tape as well. Mm-hmm. So I was looking to create a space where people could come and just a one-stop shop, right? You can come here and you, all you have to worry about is your acting and I will take care of the rest. Initially, Pre-pandemic, when I began Zen Taping Space, that was what I was looking to create. And I believe I did that. Of course, things have shifted and changed since since the pandemic. So I've had to kind of revamp what Zen Taping Space is going to look like. And I'm still in the midst of doing that at the moment. I see. I see. I can say that you were ahead of your time. Like you kind of saw this coming. <laughs> well, I had no clue this this was coming. But but over um, throughout the pandemic, I said, you know, once self tapes started to come in during the pandemic, because they did, mm-hmm. I had to figure out what would I benefit from and what would others benefit from in during this time. And so I'm working on creating a, a virtual reading space mm-hmm. to be a virtual reader, as well as a place where people can come and run lines. That's how I'm hoping to launch Zen Taping Space once it gets back up on its feet. That will be most likely towards the end of the year. That sounds brilliant to me. Thank you. Um, I really love it. Um, What changes did you have to make throughout the pandemic? I I definitely shut down because I couldn't do in-person with people because it just was not safe enough to do so. And the space that I was using beforehand was actually a space that I was working in. I was the front desk associate at a new space called Open Jar Studios in Midtown. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a perfect space to do it because it's between um, those who live in Brooklyn and those who live way uptown um, in Mm -hmm. Harlem area. So I felt like it was a, a nice middle ground. And once I had to shut down, friends were helping me self tape over my laptop. So I had my whole setup in my apartment and the reader was just on my laptop. And I said, well, you know, there's no reason why I can't do this for Zen Taping Space. Like, why can't Zen Taping Space be a virtual space Mm. where you can find, where you can be all over the world, 
and, or, you know, and find someone to help you do your tapes. So that's what I'm hoping to create right now. I'm still in the midst of fine tuning, but that's really my hope. I got you. I got you. You also do light coaching. Uh, What does that entail? What does that come with? So the light coaching, um, I I tend to phrase it as um, an offer. So while an actor is doing their self tape, if I, if beforehand, I usually ask what that, that actor is looking for. Are you looking for me to just be a reader right now? Or would you like feedback? And if they tell me they like feedback, um, then I give it as an offer. For example, mm-hmm. I can say, you know, that they do one take and I'm like, you know, do, do you mind if I offer something? Say yes. I say, well, do you mind? Try, maybe try it like this or maybe try it like that. And that's kind of what the light coaching is. It's just a nudge in a, in a different direction. Not something that you, that the actor has to hold on to at all, just an offer of a choice to make. And so then of course I would give them all of the takes that they've done over the course of the session and they can choose which one they would like to submit to their agents and casting directors. I want you to put yourself in the receiving end of an audition tape. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give when it comes to include what to include in slates, camera angles, and body pans. Within the tape itself, make sure that you have space above your head. Make sure it's nice and, usually they'll tell you it should be nice and tight around, you know, your chest area, maybe a little bit further down. For the slate, they're usually looking for something to be nice and clear up around the same shot, unless they're asking you for a full body shot. As far as that's concerned, I live alone, so it's hard to, to do a full body shot. But if you can, if you have a person that can help you, that's great. If you don't, do as much as you can for the full body. Sometimes I can't get, you know, all of my feet in just because of the space that I have. But as much as you can, I have heard people doing slates that they just kind of keep in a folder on their laptops. They'll do slates in a neutral color and they'll usually do, you know, their name, their height, where their location is. Right now, I know that they're also looking to know not just where you are based, but where you're located at present. So I know a lot of people have been moving because of COVID. So they're looking to hear you say, you know, where you actually are and where you're, you know, usually based, if that's something that applies to you. So that's something new I've noticed. What's been coming up quite a bit actually is also your vaccination status. Yeah, some some people are asking for that to be within the slate, which is new and interesting. Yes. Yes. I haven't had to do it myself, but I have had friends who have had to say that within their tapes. So this is all very new. We're all learning together. (laughs) Yes. I often tell people when it comes to their slate, if you haven't been given instructions as to where to put it inside of your tape, put it at the end. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes people will put it at the beginning. I'm not saying that casting directors won't watch it if they see your tape and they see your slate and, you know, maybe you don't fit the type that they're looking for but I would say allow them to see your tape first and then they can watch your slate at the end but of course if they give you the instructions to put the slate first and put the slate first as far as panning is concerned I haven't seen a lot of that lately I've actually seen a shift from casting directors wanting you to pan the camera up and down to just them wanting to see a full body shot that's just been something new I've observed recently if they need you to pan and you're by yourself and you can't do that, then do a full body shot just so that they can see your whole body. Got you. 
you also mentioned outfits and i want to talk about wardrobe mm. would you advise the actors to dress up according to the potential role if they have information on that or how can they make themselves less disruptive to the casting director on the receiving right. end because i know little things can throw people off yeah and focus on the actual talent yes and that's the that's the thing you you want to look your best and of course mm-hmm. I always say you know whatever helps you to get into the role but you also want to make sure that you are leaving room for <laughs> I call it a, a a secret delight you want to kind of you know leave leave a little room for mystery right so it's mm-hmm. okay to choose one piece like if you're going in for a nurse you can totally wear a scrub shirt if that's what's going to help you but I would say that that the bottom should just be neutral something I would often wear I would have a pair of high wasted black jeans that I love that fit me very well. And if I wanted to change my top up, I could. Uh, I don't, I tend to stay away from things that have too heavy of a pattern, but honestly, simpler is better, but it also just depends on the actor and what feels best. But yeah, I I would say, you know, going in full regalia may detract from your actual acting, but if you can choose one piece that really gets you in, in the place that you need to be, I would say go that way and kind of pair it with some more contemporary neutral pieces that give you a little like edge, but you're still feeling comfortable in the space. I got you. Mm-hmm. When it comes to having an acting coach, what knowledge do you feel is not emphasized enough when it comes to the importance of having an act- an, an, an acting coach? Hmm. That's a great question. I think preparation <laughs> and that every actor prepares differently, but that you do need to be prepared, I think is, is very important. I also, with my students, try to talk a lot about this. There's this narrative that, you know, artists need to starve, (laughs) right? This starving artist narrative that, you know, um, and I am very much against that narrative and am trying to break that down because I do believe you need to be able to eat at the end of the day and you need to have health insurance in order to do your best work, actually. You should be able to do this work and provide for yourself. So I think that that's something that in general, as artists in the community, we don't actually talk about. We talk about certain platforms not not making, uh, having enough Right. Yeah. And we talk about people will say, you know, theater, you can't make enough, you don't make enough money or, you know, we talk about them, but we don't talk about the fact that this narrative has kind of been worshipped in a way where it's almost like in order to starve, that's where your integrity is. And I, yep. I uh, do not agree with that. And so within my coaching, I try as much as I can and in my teaching to remind my students that you do not have to suffer or die for this, right? Your work will be good if not even better if you go eat a good meal (laughs) right if you have if you go to your therapist that you you know that you can afford with your health insurance right that that you don't have to sacrifice all of these things in order to have amazing art that you can have amazing art with having a full belly you know Um, and money in your pocket so I think that's something that we don't often talk about as coaches as artists as students as teachers we don't we don't often talk about breaking down that narrative because I think in the long run, it's going to produce better, healthier artists. 
And that's what I'm all about. I agree with you there. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who came out of film school expecting to starve first before they make it. It's like that mentality that, ah, I'm a struggle for this. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. Um, and, and this, you know, this thing for the longest time, I was like, oh, you know, my, my art is going to have no integrity if I don't suffer if I don't struggle for it, you know, that's where it is. I've found that that me being able to pay my rent really gives me, um, really, it gives me a sense of calm and peace so I can focus on my acting and I don't have to worry about the fact that I just got groceries instead of having to pay my light bill. People shouldn't have to do those things or choose between having a family and, and, yep. my, and my art, you know, that I can actually do all of it. That is very true. That is very true. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. I'm glad you tapped into mm -hmm. that. With all the education and experience that you've acquired, how do you still remain teachable, especially considering the fact that you are the teacher in some spaces? Mm, that's a, a great question. I always have this thought that I'm never finished. I'm never done, right? So mm -hmm. I come with that when I walk into spaces as a teacher, I mm -hmm. know that I have the potential to learn from my students. I always am, right? So we're, we're in this space together. We're collaborators. And yes, I'm in this the position of teacher, but I am collaborating with you. Mm -hmm. And just as much as like I'm a part of someone's journey as a teacher, they are also a part of my journey. And so they are teaching me things and showing me new things. Just like when we watch television, right? We watch some of our favorite actors. We watch them and we're like, wow. And if you watch something over and over again, it actually, in many ways, our bodies receive that information. In many ways, you know, we get on stage and maybe we do something that's quite like the thing we saw on television. So we're always receiving that information. And that's how I like to go into a room as a teacher, as a student, in front of casting directors, directors, that I am always in a space of learning. I never know everything. That's the beauty of what we do as artists. The beauty of there being so many stories to tell and so many actors to tell it, right? Is that the way I tell a story, someone else could tell the same story and it's going to be completely different. And I'm going to learn from that. And I, I, I get really on fire about acting because of that. I try to stay as open and malleable as possible. I love that. What you just said reminds me of a quote I saw on Tumblr. Yes, I still use Tumblr in 2021. <laughs> I, can I read it for you? <laughs> it says, um, here's a reminder that everybody you meet is a reflection of your own being. All the experiences you have with others are a reflection of what you need to see in yourself. We're all just mirrors helping each other grow. Yes. So I guess. That's also part of how you remain teachable. Yes, I love that. Please send that to me. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, I may um, say that to my, my students before classes because I think it's so imp mm -hmm. it's important to know, especially when you're working on a project as an mm -hmm. ensemble, right? To know that you are in this together, learning from one another, seeing each other, being witnessed, right? All of those things are a part of what we do as artists and they are to be treasured. <laughs> and yep. that quote is, is absolutely spot on. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you there. It captured my brain for a minute. Yep. I was like, okay, I need yep. to Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> what are the important things to remember when it comes to recording 
formats, uh, sound, and editing yourself tapes? Because I know you also provide those services. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As far as sound is concerned, now that we have iPhones, the mm -hmm. sound and the quality of the cameras are so are impeccable. You really yeah. don't even need anything else. But I do know that there are people who use microphones that are compatible with their phones, or I have a friend who uses an actual camera. Mm -hmm. I tend to use just the, the microphone that's on the iPhone because I've had success with that. One, of course, making sure you're heard. Making sure if you're doing the tape with a virtual reader, and you're mm -hmm. using your laptop, make sure you check those levels throughout the record because there are times when you can either, one, hear the reader way above you, and that mm -hmm. can be a little jarring to the flow of the tape. And mm -hmm. also sometimes depending on where your phone is positioned, it'll pick it up in a way where it gets a little like, you'll hear a little staticky sound. So you mm -hmm. want to just make sure that all of that is good before you record. And I think you asked me, there was another, you said lighting. Um, sound editing. Yourself editing. Tapes. Yes. With editing, I just use iMovie because it's easier for me. And I'm a fan of buttons on scenes. So either a physical action or a word or what a sound, something. I'm a mm -hmm. fan of continuing the scene just like two seconds, no longer than that mm. after just to kind of show a little bit more of who this person is beyond this scene, right? That they have lived a life and are living a life mm. on, on the camera. So I'm always a fan of that. And a lot of times I will watch my clients and if there's a little bit beyond it that I'm seeing that I think is just absolutely beautiful, I'll edit it right there just so that the casting directors and directors can see the nuance of the performance. So I'm always a fan of editing in that way, just making sure that there's a little bit before the actual dialogue and a little bit afterwards. I love mm -hmm. that. Is there a difference in self-taping approaches when it comes to commercial? commercials or TV or film auditions? Mm, that's a good question. Well, for commercials, a lot of times what I've noticed and I haven't done, well, I did do, a, do some commercial stuff during the during the pandemic. And I do quite a bit of voiceovers, so I can speak to that as well. So in voiceovers, what I'll say is I haven't seen a huge difference in what they're asking for or looking for. Mm -hmm. They, of course, want to make sure that you have a home setup. Just due to the pandemic, a lot of people are doing voiceovers from mm -hmm. home. And so they, they want to make sure that within that audition, a lot of times they want to hear not just you, but hear how your equipment sounds. So mm -hmm. I think that's also a part of the voiceover audition uh, situation, but also now things are starting to open up a bit more. So they're having people go into the studios in the city, I've noticed. As far as commercials, on-camera commercials are concerned, a lot of times what I have experienced is a lot more improvisation commercials. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be the only thing that's really, and of course with commercials, you're selling a product, right? So that's a little different than, you know, telling a narrative. Of course, you know, in many ways you are telling a narrative, but you're still selling a product as far as commercials are concerned. So that does require a different skill set or a different tool, you know? So that would be my only thing that I would say would be the difference between those two. Really being open to whatever they're going to ask you as far as improvisation is concerned, because 
they do it quite often where they just ask you as the character on this commercial to really go for it. Mm -hmm. So being prepared to kind of, usually they'll tell you ahead of time, but sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't. Sometimes you're in the room and you, and they give you a dialogue. And then afterwards they're like, yeah, you know, just, just kind of talk as the character. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to be, you have to be ready for that. Got you, got you, got me. And how would you advise actors when it comes to retapes or callbacks? Anything change in strategy maybe, or what should they look into more? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I always say, you know, prepare yourself for, I mean, read when it comes to the callback, whatever the sheet it is that they give you that tells you who's going to be in the room, what material mm-hmm. you're supposed to have prepared for that time. Cause either it'll be the same material or they're going to have added something or, you know, make sure that you know who is in the room. Because that will help you not to be too, it won't be too jarring, whether that's over Zoom, because that's also a thing that's happening now. And something I've experienced is Zoom callbacks or screen tests. Um, And that can be, you know, (laughs) it's a new world we're in. (laughs) That I think can be jarring, but I think as far as a Zoom callback, my go-to is just making sure that your space is as comfortable as possible for yourself, right? Like- Mm. If you need to wear those heels inside of your house to do this audition, then do it. If you need mm-hmm. to be barefoot, now, of course, if <laughs> uh, if they're looking for you to show your entire body, then maybe you should put some shoes on. But to create as comfortable a space within your own home as possible, but also to create the space that's going to showcase your work the best. If you need that backdrop, put that backdrop up. You know, if you need, you know, whatever is going to make you feel comfortable and look good on Zoom, making sure that Wi-Fi is on point because that is, you know, I think mainly knowing who's going to be in the room watching your work is important. One, because, you know, you never know if that person has seen your work before and you want to make sure you know who that is. You never want to be in a situation where you're like, oh, nice to meet you. And they're like, nice to see you again. You know, <laughs> that can be very awkward, right? Um it's pretty good sound effects. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I would always go with, it's just very nice to see you or nice to be here. And being as prepared as possible. As prepared as possible. Awesome. Mainly because most of the times with callbacks, which I like to, I'd rather call them work sessions, mainly because that's what you're there to do, right? It's, they've, mm-hmm. they've already seen your initial tape and they are, you are potentially going to play this character. So you have Uh to be ready to work, meaning they may give you a note. And sometimes it's that they've already cast one character and they want to see what the chemistry is like between you and that person. So knowing who that person is, is important. And also just really like another thing I feel like maybe people don't, people overlook is having fun. Have fun. It's it's hard because the callback really narrows it down. Like you can really get this job. (laughs) (laughs) look like I really need this job exactly. but but have fun because you get to act today right that's an opportunity that you get to act and whether that job is for you or not first of all what is for you will not pass you by so that's that's yes. just number one but whether that job is for you or not that person gets to see your work so mm-hmm. that means that say they work they're like you know what not this one but I have something else in mind or somewhere down the road. They're like, there was this person that impressed me whose energy I loved who I want to bring in for this. You just never know. And so all we're doing is creating 
connections in rooms and telling stories. So I think always just making sure you're prepared so you can be comfortable, you can be game for whatever notes they give you. Breathing is important (laughs) in callbacks. Remember to breathe because sometimes we forget. We need breath in order for our brains to work in in the way they need to work and in order to remember your lines and to be present in the room. So even if you need to take time to breathe, it is your time. Right. Remembering Mm -hmm. that, like, this is your time slot that they gave to you. So take your time. I'm not saying, you know, speak like a sloth or move like a sloth, but I'm saying like, take up space in the room so that, you know, you, you can do your best. Got you. Speaking of space, you mentioned a background and I wanted to know in your opinion, what would you say is the best option for your background when you're doing self-tapes? And when it, when I say background, I also mean color. Mm -hmm. sheet is still kicking it or mm. what do you think works? So I have become very fond of the Fovatec collapsible, um, reversible backdrop. It is basically mm. like a pop open backdrop that you can put. It's um, I use the blue and the, and the gray. So they have one, it's a blue on one side, gray on the other side. I often use the blue because it makes my skin pop and I'm all about dark skin women, men finding their light <laughs> and looking their best on screen. So I tend to go with that. If all you have is a white wall, a blank white wall, that's fine. Just make sure your lighting is on point. Um, but, but, you know, yeah, I would, I would go for... Some casting directors don't like that, though. Some casting directors are, like, not fond of the blue. But I think, I mean, who's to know? How how do we, how are we supposed to know? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? Unless they give you a specific, you know, if they're like, look, we just want you to have, be on a blank white wall, which some of them do. They'll, they'll tell you pretty, pretty um, clearly what they're looking for. But I think that the blue is clean. It looks professional. It often makes the lighting better as well. Like if you have your lights, it works well with the lights, either box lights or ring light. It works. Um, so that's what I would go with. I think not just Fovatech, but I think newer, I think it's N-E-E-W-E-R. I think that's it. I think, I believe they have a collapsible backdrop that has the same colors as well. Sometimes they'll, it's blue and green. Either way, mm. I, I use the blue side, but you can also use the gray side. And yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, skin tone when it comes to having these backdrops mm-hmm. and skin tones that make your skin pop, especially if you have dark skin. Mm-hmm. This is a sidetrack. One of the film schools that I went to here in LA, I'm South African. Mm-hmm. One of the film schools that I went to here in LA, predominantly white, when we were doing light, we were, te- we were being taught lightning and all that, lighting and all that. I asked because I was the only black girl in the in the in the, in the class. Mm. I'm like, so how do I light my people? Because my production is gonna be black people. Yeah. And the response I got was like, oh, that's not in the curriculum. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad you actually mentioned uh, for uh, skin tones, and I've seen that on Insecure. Like, wait, they can actually light our skins, uh, and even moon, moonlight, mm-hmm. they can actually light our skin oh, tone. Yes, that was. Oh, I thought that film was beautiful. For- <laughs> oh my god that was that that cinema oof. made me fall in love oh, me too <laughs> um, <laughs> um but i am no i'm all for that i remember i had a teacher in grad school i did a, a project called the character workshop where it's like we take shakespeare a shakespeare character and we cut it down and we basically tell a story with a full arc and everything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i had a teacher come up to me and he said to me 
It was beautiful. You got to make sure that you light yourself well, though. You have to find your light. And I mm-hmm. took that in two ways, to be honest. I took that as, you know. Yes, like I just did now, but continue. <laughs> yeah, right. And, but but also that it is very important. Um, and the last TV show that I worked on, I watched them change backdrops and change lighting just because I was in the scene. And I appreciate it. Because mm. I then was able to watch back and see just how beautiful my skin looked. And I was oh like, God. I am here for this. I One, there are productions out there that are doing the work, is what I just want to say, as far as that's mm-hmm. concerned. Um, because they should, and we deserve to be seen in the best way possible. And two, yes, making sure that you light your skin well. I personally am not a fan of the ring lights for our skin because it's just head on. It's like straight into your mm-hmm. face. So when you're doing like makeup tutorials on YouTube, fine, perfect. Mm-hmm. But with self tapes, just because sometimes you have to be a little further away and all that, it can make darker skin look a little gray. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally like the lights on the sides, but there are ring lights that have different filters you can put over them, yeah. um, in order to kind of soften that a little bit. So you can, and I believe one has like orange, so it gives you a little bit of warmth, which is, I think works really well for darker skin tones. Got you. So, um, with that being said, what makes a good audition in your opinion? I think what makes a good audition is... When I see an actor having fun, when I see that an actor is prepared and playing and making choices, and when the objective is clear, you know who you're talking to, you know what you want from that person. Um, When that is clear, that is a good audition. Then on top of that, you know, um, movement. I believe a lot of times people are being told, and I have to say this, people are being told sometimes in their classes that the difference between theater and film is that you have to be smaller. That is not the case. (laughs) I think the word smaller is the wrong word. I think um, I had a teacher that used to call it suiting it up suit it up. Mm -hmm. So you're taking what you, what you would do that might be a little bit bigger or grander on the stage because you have to reach the person all the way in the back. But this time you have a camera right at you. That's going to pick up every little smile, every little crinkle, everything you're doing, every little, you know, side eye you're giving, it's going to pick it up. So you actually don't have to reach as far, but there are times when You can still have all of that motion. You can still have that. You just may need to suit it up a little bit. So it still has the same intensity, the same intention, the same purpose. Um, No way are you getting smaller, right? Mm. No. The difference between theater and film is perspective. That's it. It's a different perspective. So you just have to be able to... And of course, you know, there are techniques and tools and there are many um, different teachers and coaches out there that have Mm -hmm. such wonderful knowledge on how to take what you, if you're a theater actor or what you mostly know as theater, can help you to really hone in on what to do as far as Mm -hmm. being behind the camera. But I just believe it's mostly about the perspective, being able to know that you don't have to reach the person all the way in the back, right? You can have the conversation and it can have intensity and that it can still be intimate. That would be what I would say. I got you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, From everything we've discussed today, it seems to me that 
self tapes and auditions are somewhat a full time job <laughs> because there's a lot that actors need in order to invest in themselves. Yes. I can only imagine how hard it gets when you don't get a call back. Mm. Uh, what is your advice for those actors? Because I can understand how one could feel demo- demotivated and discouraged to keep trying. And the camera is a microscope, so. Mm-hmm. You might feel not feel as energetic for this audition because you just got disappointed from that one. How would you advise them to keep going and keep the momentum in? I hate to say it again, but it's it's like I said, what's for you will not pass you by, like if it's meant to be for you. But also looking at every audition as a means to one, like I said, that connection, right? If you go in there and you do your best work, them choosing you, it doesn't doesn't mean that what you did was not good, right? Mm-hmm. Them, them not choosing you, may just mean that this other person fit the bill a little bit better, or maybe they had a connect, whatever the case may be, it's not, okay, you're a bad actor, right? It just means not this one. So being able to move forward with, okay, so I got to play that role um, in that way. That was how I would have played it. Now I'm going to go over here and play this other role in this way, because this is how I see it. It's looking at auditions differently. I do very much understand not getting callbacks. I do. I understand Mm -hmm. not hearing anything. I also understand not working for long periods of time. I understand that. Uh, we had a class in uh, grad school. It was called Actor Generated Work. And I thought this was such a vital and important class, mainly because it was about being an artist when you didn't book the job, right? It's about being able to fill your cup um, in other ways, because those mm-hmm. other ways actually help you to be a better actor, right? Like I embroider because I like it, right? But there are times when I'm like, well, this thing that fulfills my soul in many ways also helps me with my acting because I'm happier, (laughs) right? Being able to find those things, it may be in acting, right? Writing your own films, whatever the case may be, you know, playing, learning how to play the guitar, learning, doing other things outside of acting or doing things outside of the mainstream that fill your soul, fill your cup. Those are important. But to just to look at each audition, knowing that it doesn't mean that that you're a bad actor. It just means not this time, focusing on the next one and being able to... Actually, this is something I really want to share. So a, a classmate of mine saw a really well-known actor go into an audition room, the audition room he was about to go into. Mm-hmm. Saw him go in and he was in there for, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 or so minutes. He came out of the audition room And he threw the sides in the garbage. Oh, already given up. It wasn't that. He just was done. He went in the room. He did all he he needed to do. He wasn't going to bring that audition with him outside. You know? He left that audition right there in that building and and went outside to live. Right? He's watered them and let them go. Yes. And this man now has been on all of our TV screens. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's the actor Bill Camp who has been in the Queen Gambit. He's now on American Rust. He was in the Crucible on Broadway. He chose to go in that room, do the best that he could, came out and said, I don't need that anymore. Cause I did my work. And I think wow. It was such a healthy, yeah, it was so healthy. I was like, that's a great way. So it's not lingering all the time. Right. And we all as a class decided that that was what we were going to do. So I I do that till this day. 
even when I'm at home doing self tapes, right? I may have my sides, I'll, but that, and I put them in the recycling bin. I don't just throw them in the garbage can because, you know, we got to take care of our earth, <laughs> you know, but I thought it was such a healthy way to look at it because you are going in that room, not just to book the job, right? But to make those connections, like I said before, it may not be this one, but it may be something way down the road and they'll remember. So, you know, you came into that audition and you were fantastic and we had, we couldn't, we couldn't give that to you, but this one is for you. And it's hard. It's hard because, you know, uh, rejection is a, is a part of our, our industry. And I've grown to have a really intimate relationship with rejection. I no longer look at it as a negative thing. And I think, I think that's also a narrative we kind of need to break down, right? Like this idea that rejection is the most terrible thing in the world when it's really just a teachable moment, right? It, it, and, and sometimes it's, that wasn't the right project, whether that's because there was negativity in that project or, you know, sometimes it's like energetically that wouldn't have been good for you. You, you just never know. Or another opportunity was waiting for you. Had you taken that one, you wouldn't have been able to get this one, you know? So whatever the case may be, looking at the upside of what, of, and redefining rejection for yourself is something we should all begin to talk about as well. That is a very beautiful and like you said, healthy way of, uh, going through the whole process. And you know what else? Your first days are always ahead of you. So if that didn't happen, there's still greater days ahead, you know, keep moving. It's very true. Very, very true. For Zen taking space, what is the booking process and what do your clients get out of each package? Before the pandemic happened, the booking process uh -huh. was that um, uh, right on my website, People can go on um, in the, first of all, I list my services and, and everything that, you know, they're looking for. And I often will say, you know, in the email, please provide what kind of taping experience you are looking for. So if that's mm -hmm. something, you know, 30 minutes, if you're looking for an hour, if you're looking for me to just read, like I said before, or if you're looking for a little light coaching to tell me what you're looking for and also to provide your side so that I can also be the best reader for you at the time. Mm -hmm. And so it's all via email. Um, it'll go right to my Zen Taping Space email address. And that's how you go about booking things. Of course, um, now that I'm revamping things, it'll, it'll It'll stay the same, but of course, um, as far as what people are looking for may look a little different just because it'll be virtually. Got you, got you, got mm -hmm. you. And um, how can people follow you? Uh, where are you most reachable? Your social media details for Zen Taping Space. And for you, is it different? Let us know. Um, you can follow me at Zen underscore, Z-E-N underscore Will, W-I-L-L. -L. That's on Instagram. I also have an Instagram for Zen Taping Space, again, that is being reworked and revamped. But you can actually get to that Instagram from the one I just provided. And then, of course, my um, website is also linked to both of those as well. All right. Well, thank you so much, Zenzi, for being a part of the Black Film Space. I know a lot of people, no matter when they listen to this, there's something that they're always going to hold on to and take with them everywhere they go. And that's the beauty of sharing thoughts and experiences. Yeah. So thank you for giving us your time and your experiences and sharing it and helping somebody else build their greatness. Yes. Thank you so much for reaching out. I, I just had such a lovely time talking with you. So I, it was my pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to the Black Film Space podcast. If you're interested in attending our events, becoming a member, or donating to our mission, please visit us at blackfilmspace.com. 
Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Black Film Space. Subscribe to our email list and podcast. All right, peace out and see you soon.